report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I am one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. This week, we're joined by Teresa from Star Wars Bookworms and I don't like a host, a whole bunch of other shows. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Now, this week, we're going to be discussing the 12th episode of Rebels, titled Rebels Resolve. Now, we do have a couple of announcements first, a lot of them related to uh, Celebration Anaheim. So, Tom, you want to take care of those? Yeah, and I'm going to try and make them, well, because there's a lot, I'll try not to take up an hour of everybody's time, which it's not going to be. But the first one is J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy will be opening Star Wars Celebration Anaheim with the promise that it will be a day long remembered. What that means at the moment, only Mr. Abrams and Miss Kennedy know. The second thing is there is an official Star Wars Celebration app that is available to download for your Apple and Android device, along with the app being web-based. Now, there's many features that are available in the app that will show panel schedules, exhibitors, autograph sessions, and many more things. As of this podcast, the app has areas that are still coming soon. The best advice is to download it now and keep checking back for the updates so you can have a plan of attack once you arrive at Celebration. Because as everybody knows, when that sucker hits, you're going to want to be at that first panel on Thursday. And going along with that, uh, being prepared, it is also highly recommended that you pick up your badges as early as you can. So if you want to hit that panel at 10 o'clock on Thursday, the advice is to arrive, or if you arrive on Tuesday or Wednesday before the con, go to Celebration Will Call window and new ticket purchases that will be in Hall D of the Anaheim Convention Center. During the following times, you can pick up your badges, and it would be from Tuesday, 4 to 8 p.m., and Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., there is more information, so I would advise you to check the Star Wars Celebration website and get anything else from that. And lastly, because Revenge of the Sith is going to be a 3D version there at Celebration, when you go check it out, you're going to be handed a free pair of souvenir 3D glasses. <sighs> that all of them? God, I hope so. <laughs> there's there's probably many, many, many more. So please keep checking the Celebration website. And when we have anything, we'll put it up in the announcements. But man, that was a lot. Huh. Yeah, I'm, and you know what, Tom? Just yes. prepare yourself because this is not that much. The news is only going to get crazier as we get closer. Oh, uh, I know that. Yeah. I, well, like, I for example, that. Mark Hamill's also coming to the show, and they're just going to keep announcing and announcing stuff. And then when the list of all the panels goes up, that's when things get crazy and trying to figure out your schedule. And But you know well, what? I've already, it's so much fun. And I've already seen the collector panel, which I'm, uh, collector panels have already been announced. And those little Star Wars, whatever they are, that are going to be at the panels, um, the little pins or whatever they are, that's something. Oh, I that want those. I, I'm looking at probably getting a few of those. Uh, so I'll be going to those panels, but it, it's the other panels I'm going to be very interested in and seeing. And and this is, I am a veteran of Comic-Con, but only for the one day, not the full day experience or the full time experience. 
Uh, I go to WonderCon all the time since I'm close, but that's also a one-day experience. Um, this will be the first time going to Celebration because it is technically in my backyard. So I am prepared, and that's why I've got the app, and I'm checking like crazy to get my schedule together. So uh, uh, see, That's, that's the this. easiest part. The fun part comes when you look at your schedule and realize you've booked three different panels at the same time. That's not going to happen here. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Tom, okay. oh, it, it, it will happen. It will happen. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying to be the guy thinking positive. You know, it's not going to happen. Not no, it, happen. it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Well, I know like, it's a good thing. I mean, it sucks yeah. having to miss stuff, but having multiple panels going at the same time, we're like, oh, I can go to that one and that one and that one and that one. I mean, it's just like an embarrassment of riches, really. Well, that's so. The one that I really want to see is the Revenge of the Sith, but that's when I got to leave Friday night to come pick up my son because I'm bringing my son for Saturday and Sunday. So I'm going to yeah, miss that training, but hey, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, Tom, just look at it this way. You're a really big Star Wars fan. Your son well, can absolutely. wait another day. Yeah, no. We're terrible. No, we are so, you know so terrible. I know you are. If if I if you guys wanted to be cruel, you could say, oh, Tom, you can take off at 1 o'clock in the morning and be back by 3 the next day. Sure, no problem. Wait, I can't do that. you can't do that? I can't. Why not? Oh, my, my son would kill me. He wants. I know what time I got to pick him up. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I've already told him. Well, he comes home from school. He's got to have his bag packed because when I call, he's got to be out front on the driveway <laughs> waiting for me. We go to 7-Eleven so I can get my coffee and mocha so I can make the drive back. And then he's at celebration the next day. Well, yep. I'm missing Thursday, so. I don't know so well. why. Um, real life and real job. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> No, I mean, I'm getting there Thursday night. Um, I'll be there, like, by, I want to say, like, 8.30 or something Thursday night. So I'll be around that night. Um, but it was either I could do that or miss completely. So I voted miss Thursday. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, Which is okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. I'm... You'll, you'll get the rest of the, the show still. Yeah, you'll get the rest. It's yeah. fabulous. Friday and Saturday are the best days anyway. See oh, how yeah. I'm, I'm framing that in my yep, mind? Yep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's what you have to do. <laughs> and then also, on the app, my favorite part is the social media because it's a bunch of little Ewok heads. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw that. Yeah. I, I got my iPad next to me. Let me pop it open. I was going to say, William and I, as the members of Windows Phone users, I don't think we got an app. Well, there's a website... You know, I, that you got so, you do have the website yeah but you know what I, that's something i think we need to get into the episode rundown so shall i kick it that way <laughs> yes. this isn't this isn't the celebration preparation episode that's coming soon uh we'll have we'll, we'll talk to Teresa and have her come on for that one and we'll get some other people on too sounds Works good today. to me i'm okay. down all right so so let's get into the episode so william would you like to take the episode rundown <laughs> Sure, Tom. This is the penultimate, love that word, episode of the of season one, uh, titled Rebel Resolve. That's episode 12 for uh, those of you keeping track. It was written by Charles Murray and Henry Gilroy and directed by Justin Ridge, who I believe is actually a newcomer to the show. I think this is the first episode he's directed. Um, so uh, welcome, uh, Justin, to the show. Uh, in this episode, the rebels attack an Imperial courier, hoping to gain information as to the whereabouts of Kanan. So, if you'll remember at the end of the last episode, um, Kanan basically uh, 
um, blocks the door at the bottom of the Imperial Communications Tower and faces off against the Inquisitor and uh, Callus by himself and then uh, is captured and goes to meet with Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin blows up the Communications Tower and uh, we get a little... Um, uh, we, we get a little cliffhanger of sorts as we we find out that Caden is captured and we'll have to wait till the next episode or the episode after that, as the case may be, to uh, to rescue Kanan. So let's start uh, off by discussing the episode. Um, Teresa, the episode opens with uh, Sabine, Zeb, Chopper, and Ezra taking out Imperial Patrol and they're they're uh, running through the streets of Lothal on the in, in walkers. What did you think of this whole opening scene? Honestly, the opening scene for me was a little bit anticlimactic, other than Chopper, you know, kind of using his little whatever you want to call that. <laughs> I don't know what to call it <laughs> um, to go and fly into the walker. But I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Chopper steals this entire episode. So probably everything I'm going to talk about that I loved has to do with Chopper. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I'm still waiting for the episode in which we get his backstory. There has to be something about him that makes him the way he is. Oh, I agree completely. I hope he was like an R2 at one point and then he experienced just something really crazy and he turned very, you know, just whatever you want to call that. <laughs> Whatever you want to call that attitude. Um, but it was just Rampancy kind of... Rampancy almost, for those, for those of you Halo fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was just, it was kind of like a weird opening, you know. And it for me, it just wasn't... It wasn't what I would have liked to see. I couldn't honestly tell you what I would have liked to see. But it was not... This wasn't that great. Um, I feel like it could have been better. Well, I don't know. I'd have to agree because there was something that did bother me is when the trooper, once they get into the walker, the trooper calls for backup saying it's a rogue walker. Now, wait a minute. If he saw people get in there, why didn't he just say the rebels took over the walker? That was yeah. that was a little disjointed well, it's for a, me. It's a rogue walker. It's not a rogue walker. It's a rogue walker. Okay, well, I got that because you're talking the squadron, but excuse me. They weren't, they weren't around at this point. So, that but. is true. Um, yeah. But yeah, we. I mean, to be honest, I think I like the um, the action scene at the beginning of Call to Action um, mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. Uh, where mm-hmm. they were chase, run, you know, zooming the speeder bikes uh, around the city. Uh, I did like the great music though from this one. Uh, you know, they had they had the walkers and they had the the music from uh, the Hoth battle um, mm-hmm. in Empire, which was really cool. Um, yep. And a nice uh, variant on the music as well, I think. I think I, I like the, the way they uh, the way it was composed. Um, obviously very recognizable with a couple couple differences as well, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, but basically Chopper is trying to find the prisoner logs for all the Imperial facilities to try to uh, see where uh, Kanan is being held. And, uh, and so there's a lot of, you know... Um, throwing out imperial officers from the from the walkers and uh, it's a very classic star wars moment it, exactly mm-hmm. yeah it, i mean it, it did feel quite a bit like star wars um so from that standpoint I, I i enjoyed the scene i do agree though that i think it could have been a little more maybe a little bit more exciting um kind of starts off with them already in the middle of the walker 
Uh, yeah, and things I are going mean, crazy. What? I guess they had to address the fact that the Imperial Network was down, but I kind of felt like that was sort of fluff material. I mean, we already knew that it was down. Obviously, they took out that entire tower. Um, so I just kind of feel like I feel like it was sort of pointless for them to go and do that. And I feel like Hera would have known. Well, obviously the the tower's down. So why are you going to send them to go and take over a walker and try and get information? Mm-hmm. When obviously the biggest communication tower just got blown up. Um, it just didn't make sense. It was just, I was like, okay. But if it's a rebel cell, they're trying to find any kind of information they could get a hold of. And this would this was a way for them to do it. Maybe they didn't, well, it appeared they didn't know that the network was down. But how else were they going to get into, get Chopper to a socket, you know, Unless they were to actually go somewhere other than a walker, like actually find a base and break into a base, this was this seemed like for them it was an easy way to do it. But yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it did seem like it it worked for what it was to move the story forward. That's how I saw it. And I also add, I think it's it was important in the sense that this is one of the first times we've actually seen, excuse me, seen Chopper. Uh, I don't want to say emotional, but. Traditionally, he's just been kind of a weird serial killer type astromech droid. Yes. I uh, this is the first time we've seen him. You know, he refuses to leave the walker because he's tr- desperately trying to find something on Kanan. Mm-hmm. You know, very true. We've very true. seen that sort of personality. And Tom, you're talking about, you know, backstory. This makes me wonder, maybe it's a teaser for uh, Chopper's backstory with Kanan. You know, why is he so dedicated to him such that he's, you know, doing this? True. Yeah, I think it's actually the um, probably the best portrayal of of Chopper we've seen in the show so far. Because he's not just being a you know basically a jerk for the sake of well, not fun yet. of it. Huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> and it will be interesting to get his backstory because in A New Dawn we know that he already is there and that he's already on the ghost with Hera. So yeah. what happens top- between Chopper and A New Dawn? Yes, at the very end, um, he does make a small appearance, um, and we have heard he does belong to Hera, actually, so it will be interesting to find out what has happened between Chopper and Kanan that's causing him to have such an attachment. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. One of these days, I'm sure. (laughs) Season (laughs) seven. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, hey, if Rebels sticks around for seven seasons, I I think I could live with it. Well, the the show actually, I remember when it first started, it's like, okay, you know, is this? It's a good show, and it appears it's it's like when it came to Clone Wars, it got better as it went, and it seemed like with this one, Clone Wars took a lot longer to get its feet under itself. This one has its little hiccups, but it seems like they're moving on to steadier ground now compared to when Clone Wars started. Um, so I'm I'm liking the direction of where it's going. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of not liking where things are going, which is my terrible attempt at a segue. <laughs> it works, though, because it, it's not pretty where you're going. We, we cut to Kanan, who, as we know, is in the hands of Tarkin, Callus, and the Inquisitor. And uh, Tarkin is interested in proving that either Kanan is a Jedi and can be broken or that he's not a Jedi and is, you know, a liar, a liar. 
<laughs> and he's he's very interesting throughout all of these sequences, both with Callus and the Inquisitor, just because he's so I don't even know what the word is. He's just he almost like doesn't care. Like he's just kind of sitting there watching as Callus tortures him and interrogates him with you know the classic uh, Imperial Ball droid, or mm-hmm. is uh, later on as the Inquisitor is you know electrocuting him or doing it you know whatever it is that he does. It makes for some a couple of really powerful scenes, and it's impressive that Kanan holds up as well as he does. I'm still having a problem of Tarkin not believing it. I mean, if there is an Inquisitor there that is Force-sensitive, you would think the Inquisitor would just turn to Tarkin and say, look, he is a Jedi. He may not be trained as a full-fledged Jedi, but he's got Force powers. I think that's the distinction Tarkin is trying to make, is the Jedi were destroyed and all killed. This mm-hmm. is uh, you know, a protector, okay. a poser. I got it. That was how I was taking Tarkin. Okay. Okay. Style. Now, now I see that point of view. From that point of view, then I could see yes. Yeah. The the Empire kind of has a vested interest in proving that hey, the Jedi are all dead, or if mm-hmm. they are exist, they're not good people. Right. Yeah, and I kind of I it confuses me because if they're intent on doing that, then why why have the Inquisitor and why have him, you know kind of publicly, at least on Lothal, like hunting down Jedi and younglings and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why even entertain the idea? What because all you're doing by having the Inquisitor is saying, well obviously there are some lingering around, so we need this person to go and clean it up. Mm-hmm. But don't you also get the impression that the Inquisitor there is trying to find a force sensitive and turn them to the dark side? instead of keeping them as Jedi. Because that way there's more... I mean, who knows now if the rule of two at this point is still... In, well, there is still the rule of two between Sidious and Vader. But there is nothing right now that states they can't have, because of the Inquisitor, technically Sith or you know that type underneath them as like their army. And you do remember back when you had Ezra... Um, God, what was, the, what was the one that had the, the beasts the beasties that Ezra went back later and brought under his control because he was sitting there trying to get him to at least the impression I got, he was trying to get him to go that way toward the dark side or at least get angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that could be the reason the inquisitor is there. Not so much to root out the Jedi or naturally to root out the Jedi, but to take the force sensitive and turn them. Yeah. I almost feel like, cause I've gotten the impression that, um, Tarkin doesn't always agree with the Inquisitor, c- c- kind of like his relationship with uh, Vader in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he he kind of tolerates him, um, but doesn't always necessarily agree with him. And so I think the Inquisitor is there to hunt down Jedi and maybe, as you say, Tom, um, recruit new Jedi. Mm-hmm. However, um, Tarkin I think has other plans, and he thinks the best solution is just to kind of dismiss the Jedi and say, "Oh, they're an old religion that's died out." Um, don't I worry mean, I about it. Because after all... I, sorry, go ahead, Teresa. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't. I think Tarkin just doesn't have any tolerance for anything that is mythical in any way. I think he exactly. thinks that this... I mean, as much as he probably respects the Emperor because the Emperor is in charge, he probably thinks he can do a better job than him. And mm-hmm. he also thinks that... I, I just think he thinks that anything having to do with the Force or... Sith or Jedi or whatever is a waste of time. Oh, totally. And, you yeah, know, oh, I so... agree. Totally. Yeah. Where so, I'm 
from. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Tarkin is one of those people who thinks the uh, power of the Force is nothing compared to a good battle station that is capable of destroying planets. Oh. True. But then why <laughs> it's, build it's... it with a hole? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You see, it's a very, very important exhaust port. Like critical, yeah. <laughs> right, right above the main port. I mean, the you last know. thing you want to happen is to be blowing up planets and then have the, the ship overheat a little and have it get too hot inside. I, I, I hate to tell you guys, but I mean, the true story of of this this exhaust vent is actually that um, when they were building the Death Star, they got to the end and the workers were just so exhausted they just said, "Ah, forget it, stop here." I thought it was a money issue. No. <laughs> I thought it was money issue that they didn't have. They spent all this money and they couldn't spend like how many credits? Just Sir, for... we're, we're we're over budget. Uh, we we need uh, an extra <laughs> two million to finish the the exhaust vent. Uh, sorry, nope, nope. You're over budget. You can't can't have any more money. Um, but sir, sir, we have this open exhaust vent. Forget it. It's It'll not any bigger than a womp rat. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, really, what are the chances that someone will, someone will see it? Yeah, we, we can take uh, care of it next week. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, but, so... No, you, um, you got, but back to the uh, the chase, you know, uh, Ezra and, and the rest of the gang are trying to outrun the ATDP walkers. And, uh, you know, they, they realize they can't get their data from, uh, from, the, from the Imperial computers on there since, um, since the Imperial networks are down. And so Hera has to come in and rescue them. Uh, you know, Zeb shows that he doesn't actually always leave people behind, and he. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he only leaves Ezra behind. Yeah, and he uh, he goes and uh, and grabs Chopper and kind of uh, you know, almost throws him into the into the Phantom. And he's um, always grumpy too when he has to go back and get somebody because every time it's like, oh, it's like again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, it's know, like a big brother always having to go back for their younger siblings. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And he kind of carries uh, Chopper like a trash can almost. You know, <laughs> under under one arm. And... <laughs> he like he like just palms him like a yeah. basketball. Yep. <laughs> but okay, so here here's one interesting part. I mean, the, the whole scene was basically just a an action scene with an excuse to try to find um Cannon's location. But the next scene was, I think, particularly interesting, especially based on all of the discussion and rumors that have been happening lately. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, Hera talking to Fulcrum on the ghost. Now, I remember when the preview images for this episode went online, uh, a bunch of people, I don't remember who off the top of my head, uh, started analyzing the images frame by frame and going, oh, this, this image was clearly photoshopped. Um, <laughs> see, this, the scan lines don't match up. Uh, they clearly photoshopped out, you know, Ahsoka's uh, head tails and, um, uh, you know, uh, out, out of the, the hood, basically, uh, on Fulcrum. Um, but Maybe think... she just has them pulled back, like, in a low ponytail and they're, like, <laughs> over her shoulder or something. I think know. it's Bale. I, I, I think it's Bale. Yeah, okay, so so who do you guys think this is? And and um I mean I, I honestly I I mean I, I know this the the signs keep pointing to Ahsoka in many ways. But based on this clip, I don't think it could be her, you know? Uh, I don't think I didn't think they would modify one of the uh, you know, sc- screenshots from the episode. 
um, before it was released, the ones they gave to the public. And I certainly don't think that they would um, obscure it that much in the show. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. If, if you think back even to uh, Rise of the Old Masters, um, the uh, the corpse of Luminara was in the background during one mm-hmm. of the trailers. Mm-hmm. We just completely missed it, mm-hmm. right? So I, I remember at the time thinking, did they hide it? Did they edit that that part out of the trailer? No, it was there. Uh, I don't think they're they're willing to go that far to deceive us to edit things out. So with that in mind, who do you think Fulcrum is? You know, I think I think Tom's close. I you know it's I got certainly or an Organa, but not Bale. I got a different uh-huh. one though. Uh-huh. Oh no, I I came up with a different one. Oh, you're back okay. In, back in the Clone Wars, who technically was the boyfriend to Ahsoka? Uh, no, that's not her boyfriend. Well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it was Lux, right? Lux. Yeah. Why couldn't it be Lux? Because his name is Lux. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and he could be a putz, but excuse me. <laughs> Why couldn't it be him? I just How about what if this, you know, speculation, what if it's Lux because he's the face? Because Ahsoka would be too recognizable. Uh, 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 so it's go. actually Ahsoka, but Lux does the talking. He's a puppet. It's not a bad him. idea. Not a bad idea. Or Ahsoka recruits Leia and Leia's doing the talking. But Ahsoka's. Oh, I like that. I still think it's Lux. No. Or Luck, uh, Ahsoka underwent uh, surgery to remove the head tails because she was too recognizable. Or maybe she just didn't get the big giant head tails like they showed in the Clone Wars and maybe hers stayed small. They shrunk? Anything can happen. It's a Star Wars universe. I mean, right <laughs> now. Right I now. Think now we're going to just wait, wait, wait. Yeah, hang on. There, she's, whoever is inside Fulcrum. Sorry, that sounds really weird. Whoever is it? <laughs> Surprise! Fulcrum's a giant robot. Um, whoever is wearing the robe, it's a it's a fairly loose robe. It is not yeah. hard to disguise features right. under there. In right. fact, the only person we've ever seen wear a robe that hides their face that way is Darth Sidious. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Palpatine. Palpatine maybe is we're Fulcrum. Th- yeah, maybe we're oh, about to see a. Uh, and lame. No, that's actually not that, not that again. That's actually his no. middle name, Fulcrum. <laughs> Fulk is his. Sheev Fulcrum, Fulcrum Palpatine. Sheev Fulcrum Palpatine. Wow. He made, he got made fun of a lot in school. Oh, poor Palpatine. Thank God they only said that name once in Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a horrible name. Yeah, it is. Why, Sheev? Anyway. Like like I said, it was only said once, but to get back to the show. um... Okay, so for the record, since we were kind of trying to guess who it's going to be or who we think it is, I'm I'm voting Ahsoka. Okay, so you still think it's it's Ahsoka? Still. Okay. Yeah, because see, this is what I do. I don't look at what they're showing me. I go with what I really want. (laughs) So if I want it hard enough... Ooh, I like that. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm changing my vote then. I want it to be Wedge Antilles. That's my new vote. I like that. You know, but no. Here's here's what I like about the speculation, and what I I want left field. I don't right. want. Hey, wait, wait. Okay, I'm changing my mind again. Jabba the Hutt. All right, Salacious Crumb. That's not Salacious Crumb. Uh, I think it's the baby Wookie from Spark of Rebellion. Kit War. Kit War. Kit Thank War. you. 
It's Kitwar, clearly. That's amazing. That's the best. Yes. Okay. Changed Kitwar. <laughs> I am. I am. I am going to stand by. I like left field. I don't like the obvious. I think it's either Bale, or I think it's Lux. I, I, I want to stand by that. I, I really do. I, I the the obvious is too obvious because it's like it's what everybody wants. I nope. want to be totally mouth drop. You've got to be kidding me. I have something from left field. I mean, Go maybe ahead. I'm and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong because I don't remember if she dies. I don't think she does. Maybe it's Bo-Katan. Oh. You know, that's even better. Oh. That's even better. I'm changing mine. It's not Lux Bo-Katan. <laughs> Satine back from the dead. I mean, no. Asage Ventress. Okay, hang on. If we're gonna start. <laughs> I was thinking massage though. I was. If she we're gonna go here, like book. maybe it, maybe it's Obi Wan Kenobi. No. <laughs> oh well, no. that Obi Wan Kenobi is too ridiculous. Other that what you're telling me. That's too. That's that's too right field. Other Talzin. Yeah. Oh God, it's not Talzin. No, Mother Talzin's gone. Yeah, that's what we think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a sec. We never did get a satisfying end to the Darth Maul story. True. Yeah. True. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Following, it's not, it's uh, not Darth, Darth Maul, Maul is now helping the re- rebels. How crazy no, would that No. Uh. That no, does not he... happen with my with my darkness. It does not. <laughs> with... No. <laughs> no. But it, it makes perfect sense. My Darth main... Maul betrayed by everything he was and held dear, embarks on a crusade to create a rebellion just so he could bring Sidious and Palpatine down and Vader. Darth Maul in episode seven confirmed. <laughs> wow. Hey, I mean, who think of it? And as far as the movies go, who are the only characters who have crazy lightsabers? Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. Darth Maul confirmed as the, uh, what do you, <laughs> I don't remember the guy's name. Um, um, um Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Anyway, back, I mean, back hey, wait, a little wait, bit wait, on wait. track. Wait, wait, you said Kyle Wren, right? Kylo Wren. Kylo Wren. Spell it. I don't have. I can't remember off the top of my head. K Y L O space R E N. Okay. So you're saying his first name has four letters, like Maul has four oh. letters. <laughs> I think we have a smoking gun here. <laughs> We would not do well in court. Um, <laughs> you don't say. Never said I was I a lawyer. I don't know what you're talking about, William. I watched so many episodes of Law and Order. I think I could. I think I could hold my own. Wait, a minute, I thought uh, it was the good place. <clears throat> hey, we know we know Ahsoka wouldn't do well in court. I know how to figure. Oh, that's so wrong. <laughs> Too soon. Like, like I was about to say something, then I then I replayed what you said in my head and just. Whatever I was gonna say disappeared. <laughs> William, William, get us back to the show. Yeah. Please. So what was so, happening? So Harris talking to Fulcrum. Yeah, and, and this is actually kind of interesting conversation. You know, um, they're talking. Basically, Fulcrum tries to convince Hera that you know they really shouldn't go back after Kanan. You know, they knew the risks. Uh, Kanan knew the risks, and 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 Fulcrum says they basically have to go focus on their next mission. Um, so while Hera really wants to go back and, and find Kanan. Fulcrum's essentially saying, you know what? Um, you attracted way too much attention at this point. You're supposed to be mm-hmm. kind of staying under the radar. And um, if you don't stop looking for Kanan, you guys are all going to be captured. And if that happens, hope will die. Which I thought was a very interesting comment. That mm-hmm. the hope of the galaxy rests on their shoulders. I mean, we've heard about other rebellions. 
Well, around. No, but it's not. It's not just that. It was also the you have to protect Ezra too, because yes. if that's the case, if he's captured, then Hope will die. So now you've got there is a lot of importance on Ezra in this case, mm-hmm. not just Kanan. And Am actually, I allowed to mention something from Rebels Recon when we talk uh, about this? Sure. I think so, because it posted. Okay. Um, so this whole conversation changed for me after I watched Rebels Recon, because at New York Comic Con, they had said that Hera was related to Chom Syndulla, but that he was her uncle. Ah, but, there you go. But... In Rebels Recon for this episode, they confirmed that Chom Syndulla is her father. Yes. I thought that was very interesting like, that Pablo confirmed. Whoa, mind okay, blowing. Can I, can, I, can I put my hand up here and ask the question? Okay. Please do, because I'm just as confused. <laughs> thank you. Who is, um, who is Chom Syndulla? Oh, thank come you. on. Oh, the come Ryloth on. trilogy. I'm... And the Ryloth trilogy from the Clone Wars. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, he's like the main leader of the, of the, tw- the Twilight Rebellion. Oh, dude! Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I mean, we knew okay. they were related because they had the same last name, uh, related in some way, but this is the first time it's been confirmed that, yes, he is her father. It just hit me. Wow, thank you. Revelation. Yeah, no, it, the name's not doing it for me. Oh, no. I, wait a minute. He was, wait a minute. He was, he was, he was uh, purplish in color, right? Right? I'm bringing right? in a uh, yeah. segment from. I'm bringing in a segment from um, my show. That's let me Google that for you. Okay. <laughs> Only it's sung. It's but I'm not gonna sing. Uh, no, he um, wasn't really purpley, but um, do, 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 yeah. Cham Sandola was from uh, from Ryloth, and we had an orangish orangish. Yeah, okay. orangish. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, from way back in season one of. Okay. Of Clone Wars. No wonder I can remember it. That just shows my old age. Um, okay. Okay, so that does make sense. Yeah. yeah, so Chom Syndulla is her father. So to me, that says that she knows a lot about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that is both exciting and frightening to me at the same time. Okay, now yeah, i got to ask so- you guys what oh, I find, Steve, you know what, Stephen, go ahead because I think I cut you off last time. Go ahead. I was say, what I find really interesting is Fulcrum has a line about your mission was to remain unseen, unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, our Rebel crew hasn't been doing that particularly well since we've been following them. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm, you know, throughout this entire season, they've been dropping hints that there's a bigger plan going on here, mm-hmm. and I'm really curious what that plan is because what's the purpose of being just unseen? Like, what what is the uh, what does anyone gain by that? You know? Because I think what they're doing is I think her their main mission is to destroy the creation of the Death Star. And I think that she is aware of that. And that's what she knows she's supposed to be doing. And so in order to do that, she needs to stay as unseen and unnoticed as possible. Which kind of makes sense because it ties into New Dawn. Because you kept reading that she was... She was always lurking in the shadows, and it did have that big kyber crystal in there. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they they want to, they still want to strike against the Empire, of course. But right. it's supposed to be little things here and there where they're not like, you know, their faces aren't being broadcast on the holonet. Um, which, in this case, they were. Which mm-hmm. has started happening, right? They're, they become extremely recognizable 
which is not exactly the thing you want to have happen when you're trying to uh, attack the uh, the Empire. You know, you want to try to stay as under the radar as possible. Obviously, the Empire will know things are happening and they'll be pretty upset about it, but mm-hmm. you don't want to call attention to yourself and be like, hey, I'm over here. Well, and they uh, definitely don't want to call attention to themselves of what it is they're doing because of where they're located and the things that they're going exactly, after. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so no, I think you're right. I think Hera knows a lot, uh, and she's not talking. Um, it will be interesting. And I, I know we've like, we've complained in the past about how we really haven't gotten a lot of Hera's backstory. Um, maybe that will change once we find out, once the show itself reveals that, you know, um, Cham Sindola is her, her father, um, and maybe she knows, you know, a lot more about the the, the well, rebellion efforts than she the lets thing, on. The other thing I really found interesting is, first of all, Fulcrum makes a mention about how important Ezra is to the future, right. which not surprising. He's, you know, arguably the uh, main viewpoint character for the show. The idea that he's super important, not all that surprising. But mm-hmm. Fulcrum also mentions that you are important to the plan. And it could be, you know, Fulcrum later mentions uh, the the unit as a whole, but I found it interesting that the first word she uses is you, not like you all or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if Hera has some unique importance that will be revealed as well. But you see, yes. as they, again, again, there, there's two characters so far we have not gotten a backstory on, Chopper and Hera. Well, and I'd argue we haven't gotten much backstory on Sabine either. No, we don't know yeah, but, like we we know something yeah. happened at the Mandalorian Imperial Academy, but right. uh, what? <laughs> there but, are a lot of things that could have happened. No, that's true, but we still have a little bit more of a backstory on her compared to Hera. True. That's true. I mean, I, th- I feel like this is really the most we've really ever learned about her. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, in, in many ways. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean. Fulcrum could also be Cham Sindola. You never know. Um, that that now makes sense. But again, uh, wait, 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 quite look like he had Leku. So. I think I uh, but we're missing, can be deceiving. I think we're missing something super obvious right here. Fulcrum what? is Chopper. <laughs> Chopper That's, can't whoa. do his voice. Right, wah, wah, yeah. Wah, I mean wah, wah, wah. Chopper can, can generate a, a CG backstory for Chopper. There yeah. we go. Hmm. You know, th- there is there's actually something very interesting that we were discussing when it comes to Hera and about the information that she knows and Kanan. It's like there's a point where, you know, she's in the cockpit with, um, I think it was with Ezra, and it's like Kanan, th- they're afraid of Kanan spilling the beans of what's going on. And Hera just kind of sits there and says, he really doesn't know anything. Yeah, she does say that. Yeah. So, and I think it does play out a little bit later when Kanan is actually getting tortured, where even the Inquisitor, I think, pops up and says, well, maybe he doesn't know anything. That's why he's not spilling anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Kanan is almost like a double blind. He's pretending that he's not a Jedi when he is a Jedi with the intention that when people realize that he's a Jedi, they don't look any further and assume he's right. the brains behind everything. And he, he's not, I mean, really what does Kane actually bring to the ghost other than being, you know, super suave and a lightsaber. Okay. Well that actually plays out later where I, it, 
the the one thing you got to get to is is they have to come up with a plan to go rescue uh, Canaan. Okay, so you've got Ezra naturally is going to say, you know what, you know we can do this. Let's go get him. So he comes with a plan, enlists Sabine and Zeb and Chopper. Chopper inside the uh, Phantom basically makes uh, uh, get helps them get away. So they get away in the ghost. Well, yeah, I mean, less, Chopper distracts. Well, yeah, he distra- that's yeah. And he distra- I thought it was interesting that Zeb didn't even really know about the plan until they were flying away. He's like, "Wait, what's going on?" Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, to a certain extent, would you really want to trust Zeb in something like this? Just Zeb seems like the kind of guy. It's like, you know what? Hey, if this is a mission or this is something fun, I'm just going to go along with it. And if Sabine can keep a secret, Chopper naturally is not going to say anything. Ezra's not going to say anything. So just, you know what? Let's go. Zeb's like, okay, fine. You know, the, the last resort thing I find interesting is where do they go to? They go to Visago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is a little bit odd. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. You know, uh, Ezra, as you said, stole the Phantom um, and decides to go talk to Visago because Hera doesn't think they should rescue um, rescue Kanan. She's going. She's following um, Fulcrum's advice here. So they go to Visago and. Visago, you know, doesn't want to give them any information until Ezra decides to bargain with something very, very important. The truth about Kanan. He actually tells Kanan. I was surprised by this. He actually mm-hmm. tells Kanan. Sorry, tells Visago that Kanan is a Jedi. And, you know, Visago doesn't believe him and starts laughing like crazy. And that's when he uses the force to lift a giant... Um, you know, uh, box and almost flatten uh, Visago. Um, and then he finally believes Ezra. Well, because he sits there and says, what, what What? I love about this is Visago's like, you know, Kanan's a Jedi laughing because he doesn't believe it, which right. maybe that's that's the way Kanan wanted it. But I love the line where Visago's like, you know, you know, Kanan a Jedi, that scoundrel isn't any more a Jedi than you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he chose him but yeah Ther- Teresa what did you think of this should was it the right decision on Ezra's part should he have told Visago um the truth mm, no I don't think you should have um because that's a big that's a big thing and this you can't trust Visago I mean like I dare to say that we could kind of trust Hondo because we kind of, kind of could, but you, like you took the words out of my mouth, Teresa. I was going to say the exact same thing. But like Visago's not even Visago's not Hondo, you know. <laughs> no, and, no, he's not. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him with anything, and I definitely wouldn't trust him with something that's a secret that Kanan has guarded so heavily for years, you know. And now he just kind of throws it away, and I mean. I also agree that like the mission comes first and I'm on the I'm in the Hera camp of being, you know, like the pissed mama. You know, you stole what? You're doing mm. what? You know, you better hope that this pans out, otherwise it's your butt, you know? Right. Um, so I don't think he should have said anything about Kanan. If he wanted to say something about himself, he could have I mean, because he's not a Jedi yet. Just because he's got his lightsaber doesn't mean squat. You know, he's a, if anything, like barely a Padawan at this point. Right. Um, so 
you know, it, I think it shows his, how naive he is. Um, it's that whole, like, Ahsoka moment from the very beginning of the Clone Wars movie and stuff. It's that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I can do anything. I'm awesome. Right. You know? Plus, now they owe Visago a favor. Yes. Specifically anything. Ezra. Anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, a little yeah. scary. I mean, yeah. I, I have a feeling this is going to come into play in the next episode. In a big well, way. I, I, I want to I bring some up within this whole bargaining thing i thought i mean it was a small thing but i thought it was very i thought it was very star wars ish when they go to make the deal and Vizago's about guys back to ezra and you know ezra's like start talking and here you have Vizago bow and and ezra grabs his horn and it's like wait a minute what are you doing you know you're supposed <laughs> to bow i bow you bow and then when he goes down and bows he goes okay that that's a little bit too much okay i mean i don't know why but that to me had and even the music i think played in in with it it felt very star wars ish there was a charm to it like i don't know why but that that moment felt right hmm. within the star wars universe how did anybody else feel with that? I agree. I loved it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'll agree as well. I thought it was good for a laugh. I mean, it's not like it's no deep humor. Right. But you don't not everything needs to be, you know, rolling on the floor laughing because that's so hilarious, you know? Right. Right. No, I completely agree. C- completely agree. I think it was perfect just to show like how naive Ezra is. He's like looking at him like, um, you know, I'll yep. do this. And then he's like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Um, it shows that he's got a lot to learn, even something as simple as that. And the great thing about Star Wars with humor is that it doesn't have to be like deep intellectual humor. It can just be something very small, but it helps, you know, lighten the mood and move along the, you know, the scene. Um, yep. And it's all there. It's always there. Um, so... I think it. You're right. It was Star Wars ish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, then the the what really turns that little cute moment on its end is when Ezra comes out saying, "Okay, I've got a deal. This is what we're going to do today." And what happens when you see Zeb and Ezra? I mean, sorry, Zeb and Sabine with their backs to Ezra. They turn around and there's Hera right in front of him and she's ticked and she's like, wah, whatever wah, information wah. you got better be worth it because for what you bargained, we could be in big trouble. She's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's completely right. Yeah. But, um, but you know, they, they found out just so <clears throat> this is probably, oh, yeah, my, sorry. I skipped my, over that part. <laughs> no, I mean my, my, uh, my one complaint with the, uh, the episode really is just how stupid, I guess the empire was in this case. Mm -hmm. So they decide, okay, our, our communication towers are out. So we're going to put top secret information in astromech droids and guard them with maybe a stormtrooper or two and, um, and send them on their way, rolling through the streets by themselves. Probably not the best idea. It's not the best idea, but, I they're they're think... easy to, to 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 spoof and to you know swap right. places with, uh, not much security. They're also really slow. Like, why would you put that in an astromech droid? I would put it in a in a speeder and fly it to the other side of the 
you know, of the city if, if necessary, because they're just slow and not well armored and. But, but don't you, don't the you best think idea it just for shows, security? But don't you think it just shows in this case the empire is cocky enough to think they can get away with it and nobody's going to intercept this, mm-hmm. and to show that they have power on the planet that we can do whatever we want and nothing's going to happen. See, I would agree, but moving forward, uh, you know, so the crew of the ghost goes out, they grab the imperial courier droid. And they replace him with Chopper. Yep. Now, <laughs> Chopper is what you might call a stout droid. Yes. <laughs> He's a little on the short side, which is okay. The droid they captured, a little bit taller. Yeah. And but also, also shows... more angular. Dome. Right. Yeah. Right. Chopper doesn't even look anything close to one of those droids. And when the expected no. droid shows, sorry, when Chopper shows up to the uh, shuttle, which, by the way, is a Sentinel-class shuttle, which was cool. Uh, <laughs> now that I've lost my train of thought. So they show up, when Chopper shows up, not only do they not notice the fact that he's a completely different droid, but he's also, you know, alone without the escort that of the most important information the Empire apparently has right now. Right. Yeah. And it was a little... The... Well, uh... but, but the other... they let him on the shuttle because they were running late Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. Sorry, if if you're trans transporting top secret information, you lock that stuff up, put it on a armored speeder, and fly it to the other side. You don't put a couple stormtroopers and a slow droid out on the streets. I mean, I can understand mistaking. Uh, Maybe the, the the two droids. Maybe they have multiple different models on the street, so. They didn't know exactly which model was going to be coming to them. But, yeah, um, not the best security on their part. Maybe they're just dumb bucket heads. (laughs) You know, how dare you? These are hardworking men and women of the Imperial Navy. How could you say that? You know, Uh, because I'm a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So meanwhile, uh, back in the cell block where Kanan is being held, um, you know, we we kind of, we talked about this briefly, but they they believe they finally realize, oh, he probably doesn't know of any other rebel cells. Um, so instead of uh, using the um, the torture droid, basically Doctor Ball, I believe, as in the, the common <laughs> robot chicken, um, instead of using the the. <laughs> Sorry, you've just. What? I I had forgotten about Doctor Ball. She's <laughs> uh, lost the will to live. What kind of doctor are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Doctor Ball apparently is not doing a good enough job um, because they were trying to <laughs> they were trying to break Jedi and and, and Tarkin does not believe that the sorry, the Inquisitor doesn't believe Tarkin's methods will work. Um, so they, they, they pull out the, the torture arms, I guess, from the ceiling instead and start, uh, zapping Kanan. And I did like the, the style. I mean, it looked very much like, um, uh, the, the device that Han Solo is strapped to in Empire mm-hmm. as well, which is, which is cool. Um, any, any thoughts on, on this scene before we go to the big, um, action scene of the end? 
I will say, I thought it was nice that we get to see kind of the, oh, I don't know what to call it, sassy Kanan. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's like a whole new image. <laughs> well, it's, it was kind of the Boy, if I was an artist saw in uh, A New Dawn. The, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell jokes and piss people off. And How about cocky Kanan yeah. rather than sassy? Yeah. Okay, sassy may be the wrong word, but <laughs> he's sassy. <laughs> but he's got that line. I'm trying to remember what the exact language is. Um, you know, the only thing you are is frustrated or something like that. Um, it was a good line. Kaden clearly not re- much stronger than we. Well, have- I mean, he 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 starts to pretend like he's gonna break. You know. No, that was hilarious. And that's when he's like, uh, no. <laughs> and that's when he kind of throws it back at the Inquisitor, and like, you know, I, I sense you getting really frustrated. That's right. See, that's sassy. Yes. I don't think it's sassy coming from a dude, but all right. <laughs> Witty, maybe. <laughs> Scoundrelly, uh... charming. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> So, um, back on the shuttle, um, you know, Chopper uh, gets onto the Imperial ship and um, kind of plugs himself in while the the Imperial officer is standing there and uh, starts to break into the network and and copy a ton of files. Um, This thing was kind of interesting. If you look on the the computer uh, there on on the screen, um, there's a... A number of prisoners listed on the ship, including the Wookiee Jam crew, which is apparently an in-joke from the production team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, the it looks like the cell block numbers, I think, have a lot of familiar uh, familiar numbers in there. Uh, like, you know, 1977 is one that's highlighted. Uh, mm. 1980, 1983, uh, you know, t- 1999, 2013... Um. So wait, wait. What's 2013? Um, that one I, I'm guessing maybe when they started work on on Rebels. Um, they have a number of of other ones in there as well. You know, I might have yeah. to go back and watch. 42, uh, 2010, 2001, uh, one Space Odyssey. Uh, yeah. Um, 1985. But a lot of a lot of interesting years as you're going down and going. Oh, yeah, those are all Star Wars movie release dates or something big happened that year or I'm sure mm. in jokes on the team, uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. I've got to go yeah. see that again. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, it, you can also see it in um, on uh, image three in the trivia gallery. Uh, on, yeah, okay. on the, on the, the episode, episode guy. Oh, I have to um, check that. And like right in the middle of the scene, you know, when the ghost starts to come you know, to the shuttle chopper says, well, all through the episode, he has a couple of, of lines where you can actually interpret his word dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and there's one at this particular point and he says like one or two things. He either says that's the ghost, you know, or he says, gotta go. Like it's, it's in that phrasing, like, that's the ghost, or gotta go. I think you know? it's gotta go. Yeah, but you could clearly hear, you hmm. know, what he was saying. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an earlier, I forgot to mention it way earlier, when Ezra, when he's in Kanan's room um, yeah. being sad, he says Kanan, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and he Ezra's says something like I miss Kanan. Yeah, he says something like I miss Kanan. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, Chopper is definitely the best he's ever been in this episode. Mm-hmm. He definitely has some dialogue, and we can. There's one more, but um, I don't know if we're gonna talk about him flying through the air. Oh yeah, uh, just do it right now. Okay. It's, it's... okay, so when he goes out and he turns on his thrusters and he starts flying through the air, he's like da 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 da. Yes, that I did hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. Like I'm all of these which i'm kind of disappointed by because these all sound fantastic yeah he's hilarious oh see this is where i get back to i want a backstory for chopper i want to know why greg weissman calls him the cat of the star wars universe because we all know that r2 is the loyal puppy dog of the universe because just like i was gonna say something i could probably shouldn't say on air um he is a not nice person (laughs) Well, that's and true. Like many cats, he enjoys knocking things off just for the fun of it. Yes, which gets to somebody wants to bring that one up. Well, so Chopper. Okay, so skipping ahead a little bit. So Chopper gets the data off of the ship, runs off as the ghost attacks, leaps into the air, which uh, takes stormtroopers with him when he opens yep, the airlock. Yeah, which is awful, by the way. Four troopers. What go a with horrible him. way to die. Absolutely. But what a cool shot. Let's yeah. just mm-hmm. say, you know, that the shot, as you can see, the light kind of coming out the airlock here, the, the camera's outside with the stormtroopers kind of flying out one at a time and chopper at the end. Yep. The, the, it was just very well shot, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Really like that scene. But they recover chopper. Zeb makes a comment about how much he's liking the new droid. And chopper immediately knocks him out of the ghost <laughs> from atmosphere. <laughs> Oh, no, this man. is this is not a funny matter. This is this is weird. like a capital crime. This is droid on droid murder. <laughs> He's not dead. You can't call it murder. He's not even dented. He lands Fine, and he gets up and he's murder. like he's like looking around and then he's surrounded by loth cats and they're like mama like a baby raptor. Jeez. Oh, okay, so <laughs> attempted murder then. I don't know. I think that's a little. Uh... Attempted, suspect. attempted droid slaughter. I can go. I can go with that. Attempted droid but slaughter. He's basically <laughs> saying there's not room in here for the two of us. Right. This is big enough for the two of us. I think there are better ways to to communicate that way than by throwing them out of orbit. Okay. <laughs> now, now I do have I do have a bit of an issue. They have this imperial droid. Mm-hmm. There's two things about this that bothered me. One, yes, when they kidnapped the droid, Zeb scared the heck out of it, and it fainted. Don't you think if he would have been kidnapped, the droid would have had a self-destruct or a memory erase thing with it? Okay. No. Why not? Because Why the Empire is pompous, and they didn't think about doing that. Okay, and yeah, that's, that's why that's why I got back to earlier when I said... They felt like they were able to get through the streets without anybody interfering with them up until this point. Okay. Then the second point I was going to say, why wasn't there a tracking thing on that droid? Okay. Let's let's be honest here. I mean, security I know, right? is expensive. And Absolutely. it's one of those things where 
if everything works, you shouldn't actually see any, you know, <laughs> return on your investment, basically, when it comes to security. And, if and, you're doing and, security right, you should never have a problem. And okay. you know what? And, Sometimes, you know, companies and governments and organizations say, I don't, I can kind of skimp on security. I'm not seeing any visible return on my investment. Right. So they kind of cut back on security, and that's when bad things happen. Maybe that's what happened here with the Empire. Good point. They got now, caught. <laughs> now, here's the one thing I'm curious of. What if the Empire recovers said Imperial droid at some point in time ah. and he recorded stuff about the Rebels yeah, and now nice. he's got info on them and he's just sitting out there in little Lothcat land? So they should have destroyed the, the droid. Okay, now who's to say those Lothcats wouldn't on their own destroy him like Ezra kind of got that other Lothcat earlier to go after the uh, Imperial, uh, what was it, the the Imperial uh, survey droid or whatever it was a couple episodes back. The other the one the chopper tried to murder? No. No, no you're not talking the... the the about the like Hoth probe droid? The Yes, the probe droid, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. So, okay. so maybe the Lothcats decided to just tear it apart. I don't uh, know. They, they, look, like they, were look, they were having fun with it. Okay. They were being nice kitties. <laughs> Keep in mind, I do have two cats. Um, one yeah. of them is very dog-like, and then one of them is very cat-like to everybody else except me. Um, <laughs> she's the one that's in here with me right now that you've probably heard going, meow, really quietly. But, yeah. I I feel for Chopper, because I'm a cat person. Mm-hmm. Well, based on Chopper's data, uh, they learned that Kanan is on Tarkin's Star Destroyer called the Sovereign, um, but is departing for the Mustafar system. Uh, Mustafar again shows up. You know, when when it was first in Revenge of the Sith, it sounded like it was this planet that nobody had really heard of off in, you know, the middle of nowhere. Right. uh, Where the Separatists had gone to hide. But based on, you know, with Children of the Force... Uh, th- that episode from the Clone Wars, where uh, all the the younglings were basically hidden on uh, Mustafar by by Sidious, and now um, this episode here and in the next episode where Kanan is being taken to Mustafar, uh, it sounds like it might not be as um, obscure as as we thought. Although Hera does acknowledge that she's only heard of the planet once before. Mm-hmm. Um, saying, quote, it's where Jedi go to die, end quote. And then you get a nice big black screen with white letters that say, to be continued. Yep. So what did you think of the use of the to be continued? Because I felt like that could have been used at the end of the last episode as well. Didn't we get it at the end of the last episode? No, I don't think no. we did. No. No. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see their choice of uh, when they use to be continued versus when they do not. Because really, I, I mean, the last three or four episodes have been one giant story arc. Mm-hmm. And I think they could have gotten away with not using it this time because they already set it up. Why throw it to be continued in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Only yeah. the directors and producers and everybody else working on the show. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, only like 1,500 people... Yeah, really, everyone but you, Tom. We know. We just want to see if you knew. <sighs> Man, you know what? I don't know anything. I'm just a guy. You're just a civil man trying to make your way in the universe. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so I was going to say, we, act, we missed one of my favorite lines in this episode. Oh, go ahead. When Ezra tells Zeb to watch the Imperial droid, Zeb gives him like, oh, why do I have to do it? Ezra's just like, oh, because you're intimidating. And Zeb just gives this like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am intimidating. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Zeb does have some great lines, and Steve Bloom does such a great job of delivering them. That he does. That he does. He really does. Well, with that, should we get into our ratings? I'm good for it. Tom, why don't you go first? Really? You got to put me on the spot. You said I, you were I, good. You, you, I, you were the first no, one to speak I'm, up. I know. I was good with Okay, I put my foot in it. So, <laughs> you know what? It was a good episode. I liked it. Um, as you could tell, there are some things that were issues, but if you are an imperial that is on a planet, then you're cocky as hell and get away with it. So I guess I could live with it. I am got to give this episode probably an 8.5. I really think, I think it's improved since the first couple episodes. I think it's improved a lot faster than the Clone Wars for the the first season, how you saw it kind of have the growing pains for the first season and then get into the second season. It starts getting stronger. I think with this episode, it's, it's hitting a stride earlier than the Clone Wars, and I I like it, uh, so I'm giving this an 8.5, and uh, I'm going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats, and oh, let me see. I'm going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats, I'm going to put them in the belly of the ghost, and I'm going to have Chopper spin his dome and knock them out of the ghost one by one and let them just fall. Wow. Did I do anything to my guys last week? Or did I miss that? Or I can't remember. I think you might have postponed it, but that's okay. Okay, then I'm taking the guys from last week and having Chopper do the same thing that way, whatever I had last week. (laughs) So let's see. Wait a minute. So my call to action last week number was... I'm going to get down there really quick. Uh, So he is going to take... Oh, he's... So basically, Chopper's going to get 18.5 Womp Rats to have fun and throw out of the belly of the ghost. Yikes. Phantom. Sorry, Phantom. Ghost, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, it is the ghost, I'm pretty sure. One of the two! He's going to take the 8.5 from the ghost and the 10 from the phantom. There you go. He's going to split them between the two. Steven, you're next. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, oh, this is tough. So, Sorry, I had I had to get out of this one or I'd be, I'd be going Yeah, back. no, I, I understand. I've been there. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give it a 7.5 out of 10, I think. I thought it was a, a fairly good episode. The, the start, I think, left a little bit to be desired in terms of just, uh, I almost want to say, like, getting giving it quite a little more action. But overall, a really good episode and definitely setting up for next week. Now, with my seven and a half Womp Rats, uh, I've got I guess I'm going to have to do it. Um, so... Obviously, Kanan is not the only being being tortured on that ship. <laughs> I'm just saying, there may be another seven and a half Womp Rats that are also uh, refusing to break to the Inquisitor's will. But if you sm- if Kanan is smelling any like singed fur, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. It's the stormtroopers in the next room actually having their, their lunch. <laughs> Tom! <laughs> <laughs> yes, we made Mr. Womp Rats on a weekly basis, but that, that there is too far. I'm sorry. I'm done. 
Teresa, you want to go next? Sure. Okay, so I agree with Steven. I'm giving it seven and a half. Want brats. Um, same kind of reasons. It was it was decent. Um, it had some good moments, but it's not one of the best episodes. It's no Lando episode, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to take my seven and a half want brats. And I'm going to put them in a little hat box like Lady from Lady and the Tramp. And I'm going to go and give it to Kitwar. And they can either be his pets or his snack. Not sure which one he Ow. would prefer. But um, yeah, those, those, it's those his baby choice. You never know. Never know. <laughs> never know. Um, okay. Uh, I... I enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't think it was nearly as good as Call to Action, which is by far my favorite episode of the season, yep. followed by uh, Rise of the Old Masters. But it was right. still um, it was still enjoyable. Um, yeah, I think the scene at the beginning could have been a little bit better. Um, I thought it was bad. I did love the music, though. Um, I think overall, though, I kind of felt like it was almost filler you know the the search for mm-hmm. information on on kanan um i i kind of just wanted to get straight to kanan and it's def- and the rest it's definitely an episode that's buying time i think yeah it, oh, it yeah. really is and i feel like with just 13 episodes i would have liked to see you know something bigger happen uh, that being said it's still extremely enjoyable so i wouldn't you know can't knock it too much um i think I'm actually going to have to agree with uh, Steven and Teresa. You know, it's not often, Steven, that we agree on a review score. I know. I was thinking, like, are, wow. are you actually going to be lower score than I am? That's unusual. It's not but lower, but it's exactly 7.5, just like the two of you. Well, I'm the highest And, one. yeah, it's very rare that Steven and I are, are uh, the same. <laughs> we usually have a good whole point at least ahead of him. Uh, you know. Is it normally that bad? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. But, um but yeah, I mean, still enjoyable. And um, my seven and a half Wamperats, well, you might think I'm going to do something mean to them. But uh, no, no. Um, they're actually just hiding under the Fulcrum hood. They're, the Wamperats are Fulcrum. Fulc- are you saying that Fulcrum <laughs> is a... Collection of seven and a half Wamperats. Don't ask yeah, about seven. the half. Oh, I could, it's not pretty. I believe that. I could believe that. <laughs> it's, it's seven Wamperats all standing on each other's shoulders. And a half. Don't ask about the half. It's, it's not pretty. And yeah, I don't think I want to know about the half. <laughs> Well, the half is there to stabilize it. That's why <laughs> he says. Front half or a back half? <laughs> uh, the lower half. Guess. The lower half. Because he's got the legs. So you got the legs. <laughs> okay, so you got split in half. Yeah, it's way. actually okay. not the yeah. upper lower half. It's just the front half. Maybe then I can't help you on that one. <laughs> maybe maybe it's a side half. Maybe. Oh, God. Okay, here. Let's oh, be, God. Let's Okay, oh jeez! I was about to say something bad, and then I just realized <laughs> that I probably shouldn't. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> oh, we. You know, this is one of our infamous Monday night episodes, and as most people know, the Monday night episodes tend to get a little <laughs> yes! crazy. So, with that, um, I think we're going to wrap this up and, and go into it. our um, coming up on Ion Cannon next week. We have season one, episode thirteen, Fire Across the Galaxy. It is the season finale of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, after this episode, we won't have any new episodes until the premiere of season at, two at Star Wars Celebration. Which is really, really close. Yeah. Um, Less than seven weeks away. 
Okay, you uh, know, since, since we're talking about this, I'll take a, I'll, I'll quickly deviate from our our discussion of Fire Across the Galaxy. Uh, I do want to circle back to this in just a second. If we're getting the season two premiere at um at, at Celebration Anaheim, when do you think the whole season will start? September. You think? <laughs> we're, you think we're gonna have to wait that long? Um, you know, a good uh five months. They want to challenge. They want to challenge bloggers and podcasters to see how long they can not spoil something. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that would be like that would probably be the longest lead time I've ever seen for I don't know. You know Star Wars. Like, Maybe six me. months is a long time. Part of me wonders if they're going to go straight into season two. You know, through over the summer. Maybe I don't know. I I I think. I think but then again, they need time wise, to they need time to work on the episodes. That's a good point. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. Twenty sixteen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> One season every two years, like Sherlock. Uh, I, don't even go there. I just started <laughs> watching that show. Watched it incredibly quickly, and now like, oh, the next season will be coming out soon, right? No, see, they're filming an episode in January. It should be ready for release in about 2016. And I <laughs> wow. wish I was joking about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, back to discussion of Fire Across the Galaxy. Um, if you are uh, listening to this, it is after um, Tuesday morning. And uh, you'll know that uh, as of uh, this morning or tomorrow morning as we're recording this, um, Lucasfilm is announcing that Darth Vader will be in the season finale, Fire Across the Galaxy. Um, so this is pretty exciting. You can head over to YouTube and see a preview right now, but there is an image of Vader as well. And boy, does he look pretty cool. Uh, looks like he's stepping off of um, a ship of some sort, pro- probably one of your Sentinel um, shuttles. Uh, and uh, he looks like he means business, just like Tarkin uh, in the previous episode. What do you guys think is going to be Vader's role? Whoop some butt. <laughs> I mean, if anyone's going to enjoy creating some sort of Jedi torture facility on Mustafar, it's going to be Vader. Ooh, he's going to meet Kanan. <laughs> I, don't, I am hey. speechless. I'm. Ah. That's like, wah. Okay, here, wait. Here's my new <laughs> prediction. Vader has decided that Mustafar will be the place he gets his revenge on the Jedi. I predict Kanan's losing three limbs. Oh, come on. Hey, why not? Spider Kanan. Stumpy. <laughs> he can no, he doesn't have to be a spider. He can just be like normal Kanan. <laughs> you mean he's gonna lose think... three fingers? <laughs> See, I almost made a mistake mistake earlier. Just because someone is missing, you know, three arms and legs does not mean he's less of a person. No, That's it just true. means he's like the Black Knight. Only with one extra limb. I don't it's only a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a flesh wound. So well, head over to YouTube to check out the clip. Uh, but there, there's one other thing. There that, is, kind of there is. Um, yes. I mean, as you're listening to this, it's well, for next week, actually, uh, as you're listening to this, um, be aware the episode will not be on Watch Disney XD early. Uh, ah. So no no watching the episode tomorrow or today, you know, 
whenever you're whenever you are listening to this, the episode is not live, unfortunately. You're gonna have to wait until immediately following the episode airs on TV, which makes things a little interesting for us because um, we typically like to review the episode the day before it record um, it airs on TV. Uh, we couldn't in th- this weekend due to scheduling issues, but uh, yeah. So what we'll, we'll, I think we're probably gonna have to do is watch the episode live and then uh, immediately record our review afterward. Which you mean we have tough. another Monday night episode? I think so. I think so. Oh, we, can't, no. we can't wait that. Hey, another Monday night episode. But uh, but yeah, um, I know fans have been complaining about how early Rebels episodes are released. And so I guess to avoid spoilers, I said we're going to release it all at the same time, which actually I has think the. That's fair. I think it's fair, too. Yeah, except I mean. Yeah, I know. I can't, it, I can't it complain. Makes a... As someone who who does not have Disney XD on their TV, um, I'm a little bit disappointed. But yep, uh, that's where I am as well. But I'm sure I'm hoping it'll be up, you know, right around six thirty in the evening, so that we can, uh, or even six o'clock, because hopefully maybe they might put them on on uh, at the exact same time, mm-hmm. and then we can uh, we can watch and then review the episode immediately afterwards. So it should be fun. Okay. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. It's thank always you a pleasure. Much, oh, you're welcome. I always have fun here. Do Whether want... it be Ion Cannon or We Talk Clones. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Would you like to uh, plug anything uh, before we wrap up? And all of your you have a number of podcasts, actually. Oh, I know. Um, well, you can find me on social media twitter and instagram i'm at ice cold penguin um if you want to hear any of the shows that i host um over on the shot glass digital network i have fangirls going rogue and disney vault talk um so one's an all fangirl star wars ish podcast and then the other one is a disney movie review podcast actually um and then there's star wars bookworms which is my star wars books and comics um review show so yay lots of good content well thanks yeah. again for joining us um we always enjoy having you on and uh and yeah look for uh, your uh your live podcast at star wars celebration as well which should be cool oh yes yes um for anybody going to celebration on friday star wars bookworms will be on the podcast stage um at 4 30 and then on Saturday, Fangirls Going Rogue's Pajama Party will be, I want to say it's Saturday at 3 p.m. I'll be around. I want to check this out. I want to see all the podcasts up there. And I finally get to meet get to meet people. Yay! <laughs> yes. And yeah, with it does that... help when it's not all the way over in Florida. Sorry. With that, William, tell us yes. what happens. With that, I think uh, I think we're out. Thank you again, and we will talk to you next week with the review of the season finale. It's going to be hard to wait until celebration, then, and then after that. So. Well, we'll have a celebration show before that. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we will return in a week. Bye, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. 
Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans by fans and is copyright 2015.